What should you do after your Nintendo game ends in a tie? Ask for a Wii match. Okay, enough jokes for now. It's time for a powerful message from our very own linked up KISS director, Minister Carol Houston. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's great to see all of your smiling, well kinda, I kinda can't see them. I'm assuming you're smiling behind those masks. It's good to see you this morning. I might start, I might have to start using that one about the apple juice, that one was pretty cool. Um, but in case you don't know, my name is Carol Houston. I am the proud Linked Up Kids director here at Linked Up Church. And I was trying to hold back the tears when they were up here. I'm like, oh, they're so, they did such a great job. They worked so hard. So I'm super proud of them. And I'm excited to see how God is going to continue to use them throughout their life. So this is only the beginning for them. I know that, but I'm super proud of them. I thank all the parents and the uh, Linked Up Kids dream team that helped out and Minister Bernard and everybody who helped behind the scenes. So, um, but I, I'm, like I said, I'm really proud of them. Um, I just want to welcome, I know Pastor Gregory already welcomed you guys, but I want to welcome you again, those of you who are watching online, as well as those of you who are in the building. I also want to thank our pastors, Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish. They are the best. You know, the only, there's a scripture in the, in the Old Testament that talks about having a shepherd after God's own heart. And that's what we have. And there's nothing better that you can say about a pastor than knowing that they are a shepherd after God's own heart. So I'm super excited, um, and I thank them for allowing me to minister today. So we're going to go ahead and get into the word. Now, most of you, raise your hand if you have a mobile device out there. I would say that's almost everybody, although every once in a while I run across somebody who does not have one. So me, I have this um, mostly reliable iPhone 8. Okay, mostly reliable. It's getting kind of old. Um, and if I go on here and I click on settings and then I click on general, the second line of that says software update. Have you guys seen the software update on your phone? So recently, I know Apple back in December, they probably had more since then, but I know back in, I think it was December, Apple had a, um, an update, a software update. And so, you know, they, you know, you see, a lot of times you'll see the alert on your phone. I know our handsome um, technology director here sent out an email to the staff saying, guys, make sure that you, you know, do this Apple update on all of your software ASAP. I went back and read the message ASAP. Now, I didn't do it, but he did tell us to. I'm sure there was a really good reason behind that. So then a, a couple of, like, few weeks later, he came home, and he was like, honey, did you do that software update? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, I've had phones since probably, I don't know, like 1991, 92, when I got my first cell phone. And I typically ignore when it says to do the updates. It's just not a pressing issue to me. Um, so I felt like, you know, I kept, because he had told me, I got the email, kept seeing it on my phone. I feel like God started dealing with me about software updates, not just for my phone, but for me. And so I was looking on, I was looking on, I was like, well, let me see, what's the, what's so big, what's the big deal, right? So I looked on Apple's website and it says, I said, why do you know, why do I need to do an uh, update? It says, keeping your software up to date is one of the most important things you can do to maintain your Apple product's security. I was like, okay, I can, I guess I can understand that, I guess. 
Um, it still didn't mean a whole lot to me because I know there have been so many times where I haven't done it. So I said, okay, let me keep looking. I was kind of getting intrigued about this software update. As I continued my search, I ran across an article that said, not updating your software can lead to three catastrophes. So the word catastrophes, like catastrophe, okay, what is that about? So I looked at these three cat catastrophes, and can't, right now I'm talking about the phone, but one of the things was issues that affect performance. That was the first catastrophe, issues that affect performance. So, okay, I can see how, you know, if you don't update something, it may not work quite right, right? So then the second was cyber attacks and malicious threats. Hmm, cyber attacks and malicious threats, okay. And then the last one was drive-by downloads. Now, I didn't really understand this one as much, so I kind of needed to look it up a little bit more. But in drive-by downloads, it says, in some cases, if you fail to update your software and then you visit a malicious site, that is enough to affect, infect your computer, even without clicking on anything. So, of course, I have an IT guy in my house, so he has trained me very well not to click on things if I don't know who it's from, if I don't know what it is, whether it's a text message, something on my phone, something on my computer, whatever it is. I just don't click on random things because a lot of times that will cause you to get a virus. Did you guys know that? Don't click on stuff, especially if you don't know the sender. So and if it has like RE and there's no subject, that's a, that's a you know, clue right there. But I was like, okay, so this one was saying, these drive-by downloads, it's like if you go to this site, you don't even have to click on anything. Just being on the site, just being there can infect your computer or your device, okay? So I want to go ahead. We're going to jump into this. I'm going to read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to read it in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it also in the Passion. In the New King James Version, we're in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2 in the Passion says, Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. You know those drive-by downloads. Stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think, of how you think. This will empower you to discern. So I thought that's okay. That's very interesting. Um, because we're talking about software update. And so if I, if I were to drop my phone right now, it would mess with the hardware, but not the software. And so a lot of times we have things, you know, that happen that mess with our hardware. And we sometimes pay a little bit more attention to our hardware than we do to our software. And God is asking us to renew our minds, to change the software that's on the inside of you so that you won't be affected by malicious attacks. Cyber, not cyber attacks, but attacks from the enemy. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Romans 8, 6, and I'll read that one as well in the New Living. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. So we're all born with the sinful nature. There's not one of us in here that was not born with a sinful nature. And so if we want to change that, 
then we have to change our software. We have to change what's going on on the inside. We have to change our minds. But, leading, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of you guys want life and peace? So we are going to renew our minds. So one of the most important things that a Christian can do, if not the most important thing for themselves, maybe not for others as far as, you know, trying to reach the lost, but one of the most important things that we can do is to renew our minds. Did y'all hear that? One of the most important things that we can do is to renew our minds. So if we don't change our mindset about some things, we won't see Christian progress. We won't see the progress that God has for us if we don't renew our minds about some things. Some people call it, change. we say change your thinking. Some people say thinking, stinking thinking. <laughs> I just spit that out. But we have to change our minds and renew our minds with the word of God. And so that's what we're talking about. And I need you guys to stay connected and see how this applies to you because Holy Spirit is going to be talking to you during this message. He's going to talk to you after this message if you are open to hearing what he has to say, has to, say to you. Because it's, it's interesting, we can change a lot of things to try to get a different result. I've heard people, you know, maybe even myself at some point, well, if I can just change my job, then, or my boss, my boss, it's my boss. If I can just change my boss, if, if he can just get fired, then everything's going to be different. Or if I can just move and get out of here, I need to move to a new place. I need to be around some new people. I'm tired of these people. They're not helping me to, you know, do anything with my life. If I can just change my address, or if I could just change my spouse. I hope, if, you, if you're thinking that one, don't tell us. But I know there are people who wish they could just change. If I could just change my spouse, all of this would be different. But the thing that will change your life the most is if you change your thinking. So you can be on that same job in that, with that same boss, that same spouse, those same kids, that same address, that same car, all of those can be the same. But if you change your thinking, then you can start experiencing some God results in your life. And so this is, not, this is not something we can just do once. We can't just read the Bible one time. You know, we cannot do that. It's an ongoing, continuous process. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so... It's interesting when we talk about this new creation, if you were born again, then you are a new creation. Your spirit man, the you, you as a person have changed. But that doesn't mean that everything else about you has changed. We have to renew our minds. In most cases, with most things, when we get saved, our mind doesn't just change automatically. And all of a sudden, we're thinking exactly like God wants us to think exactly like the Bible tells us to think because we have had years and years and years of programming years and years of programming that we have to change so getting saved is the first step everybody say first step it's the most important step I will say that but after that it's about changing your mind with the, with the word of God. So I was thinking about my phone, and on my phone, whenever I finally at some point decide, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this software update. It was, it was a while. But when I did, and I went, I clicked the button, it was, there was no room, on, there was no, not enough memory on my phone. It's like, oh man, so you know what that means. I had to put it off and put it off some more, because now I've got to go back and delete some old stuff. 
I have to change some old things. I have to get rid of the old way of thinking. I have to get rid of how I'm supposed to respond to my spouse when they don't act, treat me with love, but I have to still treat them with love. I have to get rid of that old thinking to get new thinking for God to be able to change me and use me. And it's not just about reading the word, but it's about doing what the word says to be able to actually make a change. And so I had to delete, delete, it mostly, it's, it's mostly pictures. I had to delete like 50 million pictures and to free up some space to even, even have room for the new, to have room for God's way of thinking. I had to forget, I had, maybe I had, to, I know when I, when I, it wasn't when I first got saved, but it was maybe a year or two after I got saved, uh, rededicated, I should say, I got saved as a child, but after I got rededicated, I, I moved here to Georgia and I just, I remember myself just taking all my old suit CDs, all my new edition, all my old CDs, I had like every one that they had, but everything, I just took it and I threw it in the trash compactor because I realized that listening to that was not what I needed. I needed to get rid of the old to make room for the new so that I can have room for him, more room for him, and I, I, I had to get rid of my soap operas. I was watching like three hours worth of soap operas in college. I'm like, I had to, that was, this might have even been before I got saved, but I realized that was not a good use of my time. But, some, but if we don't get rid of those old things, then how can we have time and space and the mindset to be able to appreciate the new things that God is trying to do in your life? So some people in here, you need to think, or watching online, you need to think about what is it that's in my life that I need to get rid of so that I can make more room for God? What do I need to get rid of so that I can change my way of thinking? It may be a person. It might be a person that's keeping you from having that relationship with your spouse that God wants you to have. It might be you, you have to let God talk to you and be open and listening to what he has to say. I went to, uh, we at LinkedIn Church, we had, I don't know if I would call it a marriage conference, but something, something like that. We had it several years ago back at our Wiley Road location. And I, we split up in groups and we were talking. And I remember almost everybody in my group said they did not have a good example of a marriage in their life. These are adults. They've been around for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and they said they did not have a good example of that. And so if you've only seen bad examples, you've only seen the mother being abused, somebody on alcohol, somebody beating somebody, somebody molesting somebody, if that's all you've ever seen, it's gonna be very difficult for you to think that you can have a good marriage and for you to be able to walk that out without renewing your mind. And so it takes not only just you getting in the word, but remember, we were in a small group talking about it as well, right? So being around the right people, listening to the right things, not listening to your friends who are telling you the opposite of what the word is saying. Some things don't have to seem super bad for it to be against what God says, right? We know good people, unfortunately, who are going to die and go to hell. And so it's not necessarily that it's bad advice, but it's not God's way of doing things. It's not God's way of doing, God's way is forgiveness. And I know it is not hard to walk it out. I know it is not hard to walk it out, but that's God's way. So if we're in the word about what he wants us to do, 
then those are the types of things we're going to see. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Submit yourselves one to another. These are the types of things that God is asking us to do. So let's go back to talking about issues that affect our performance. So we were talking about the iPhone earlier or the different devices, issues that affect our performance. And really, it's about being more efficient. And so if I was going to do this software update, the goal is to be more efficient, right? And also, it's versus the risk of crashing. Because if you, if you get the wrong type of situation where you're hacked, I got hacked the other day on Facebook. If you get the, the, right, the wrong situation, then you could have your device be destroyed or all your information stolen or whatever. So if we have a choice between being more efficient versus the risk of crashing, why did I not just do the update from the beginning? Why didn't I do this when, when Minister Houston sent out the email to the whole staff saying, hey guys, you really need this update right away. Why didn't I just do it? Because it takes time. It takes me sitting down, figuring out what all I'm going to delete to get some space. It takes effort. It's not the easiest thing to do. So why are we not making the changes in our lives that we know we need to make? Why are we not making these changes? I know I'm going off on my children every other day. Why am I not getting the word in the word about that? A lot of us grew up in homes where we were talked down to, we were fussed at, all we, nothing was right. We were never right. And then we're now doing that to our children. They can't do anything right. If I talk to half the children in this building, half of them are going, at least half are going to say, yeah, my parents, they don't think I can do anything right. They don't trust me. They don't believe, blah, 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 blah. Because that's what we're telling them, because that's what we were told. So when are we going to make it? When are we going to make that change? When are we going to renew our mind? The Bible talks about these things. It's all right there, but we have to take the time to open it. They say, if you, you know, if you don't want somebody to know something, put it in a book. The Bible is a book, but thank God they have it online now. We can listen to it. We can, we can, we can see it a whole bunch of different ways. But it's really important for us to learn how to get into the word regarding whatever it is that is affecting our performance. So Apple created the iPhone. Apple knows the ins and outs of it, right? They know when it needs to be updated. They send it out. They see something needs to be tweaked here, tweaked there. And God created you. He knows the ins and the outs of you. He knows your past. He knows what you've been through. He knows about the abuse. He knows about the molestation. He knows about the, the, everything that happened to you. Whatever it was, he knows that you got cheated on in that last relationship. God knows you inside and out, and he has the answer for you in his word. If we get into, get into prayer, to be more specific, rhema word, God has the answers for us, but we have to take the time. If we're not seeing change in a situation, it's because we're not in the word enough. God has given us the answers. We shouldn't be still in the same situation year after year after year after year after year. I, have, I, need, I need prayer for my marriage in, in 2012. I need it in 2013. I need it in 2014. It's 2021. I still need prayer for my marriage. Get in the word. Get in the word. I'm going to read. It's funny. Uh, I'm going to read. We talk about issues that affect our performance. We think about big issues a lot of times, you know, the big ones, fornication, all that stuff. 
But I was in I was in Texas. I'm gonna tell on myself. I was in Texas at my nephew's graduation Thursday night. That Friday we had because it was so late. We had his uh, one of his graduation parties that Friday. We all ate ate lunch. And so I, when I got there, you know, most people were not there. Unfortunately, they were running late. So I, I found the spot that I wanted, right? You know how you pick your spot. I, I know nobody in this church has a seat that they don't want anybody else to sit in. But I wanted this certain spot because it was in the middle. And then that way I can talk to the people over here or the people over here. You know, my sister's probably going to sit over there when she gets here. So I'm like, I'm right here in the middle. And so my sister later on, mostly everybody was there. We had two big table so some of them were behind us and some were there and there was there were two seats left there was one on this side of me and then there was one on the other side of um, George and it was on the end and she said oh well when this lady comes we can just we'll move this chair out to give us some more space and we'll just put her on the end I said okay okay that's good so I got him and went to the restroom why did I go to the restroom Got up, went to the restroom, came back, my seat was gone. And when I tell you I was feeling some kind of way over that one little seat, but what is that? That's selfishness. Maybe self-centeredness. I wanted to be in the middle, and I was just like, George, I can't believe you gave my seat away. I told you the lady was supposed to sit on the end. He was like, it wasn't me, it was your sister. And I'm like, no, you, you were right here. You, they, they didn't even move my drink. My food was still down there. I'm like, what is going on here? This was my seat. Can't you see? That was my seat. It had my food. It had my drink. I was like, <laughs> it took me. I, I, I think to the. I mean, I think I was gone by the time I got over it. <laughs> but what is that? That's selfishness, right? This is my seat. Why are you sitting in my seat? I want to be in the middle. I, I got here early to pick my seat, and you got in it. And some of us feel that way about certain things. Some of us feel that way, like I said, about the seats in here. <laughs> and all the ushers said, amen. <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to keep going. Philippians 2, this is, not, this is not on the slide, but I was thinking about, okay, I need to, even re- I need to renew my mind <laughs> about this selfishness. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing out of rivalry or vanity, but in humility regard each other as better than yourself. Look out for each other's interest and not just your own. So she wanted to be in the middle too. She did, she told him she didn't want that seat on the end. So I had to look out for someone other than myself for their interest. And those are things that is not necessarily, it doesn't come natural to us. We're born selfish. Did y'all know? If you see any baby, you know that we are born selfish. They don't care what time of the night is. They want you to get up. They want you to feed them. They want you to change them. They want attention. They want everything, right? That's the way we were all born. And that's the way some of us still are. I don't have time to come and help with that, Minister Kimberly, because... You know, I know, I know we need to serve. It's serve day, but, you know, I, gotta, I need to do this. I need to do that. I got to do I just need some rest. I worked all week long. It's Saturday. I just need some rest. And we're like, but, you know, we have these people out here in the area, in our community that need us. Can I put aside a day for somebody else's interest and not just my own? There should never be a time when we have a lack of volunteers or lack of people serving, lack of people going out into the community to show God's love to the community, 
They need to know that Jesus loves them. And who's going to show them? We are. We're his hands in the earth. So we're talking about issues that affect our performance. So as we're going, we all have different issues. We, you know, your, the bugs on my computer might not be the same bugs on your computer. We all have different issues, right? We need to recognize what those are, and we need to get in the word about them. If your issue is fornication, there's a lot in the Bible, flee fornication. Run! <laughs> interesting, interesting thing about sexual sins is that that's the one that the Bible says is against yourself. You're doing it to yourself. Everything else, if I steal, I'm hurting them. If I lie, I'm hurting them. Sexual sin is against myself. The tongue can no man tame. What about, what about that mouth? What you talking about? What you talking about? When somebody says something to you, what, what do you, what's the first thing you say back? Is it a godly response? Would you say it in front of Pastor Gregory? Or would you wait till nobody else is around and then you're going to just let it loose? We're going to just let it loose. Money. I know for a lot of people, money is a, is a big thing. The Bible talks to us about how to deal with it. He says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be meat in my house. But linked up church, they, they doing good. I'm the one. I'm the one in need. I'm the one in need a new car. I, I saw Pastor Gregory's car. That's nice. I need. I can't be giving all my money away. It's a mindset. And I'll tell you, as someone who's tithed since I rededicated my life, God will not leave you in a situation where you have lack. It's a mindset. He will not leave you in a situation where you have lack. But you have to put your faith in him and his word and his system, not the world system. People in the world don't tithe. But we're not conforming to this world, remember? We're transforming our minds. We're going to be different than the world. People in the world, I mean, some people actually do give. I mean, you do have people in the world that give to charities and different things. But if you talk to somebody in the world about tithing, they don't understand that, nor would I expect them to. We're taught it's to Christians, right? So we talk, I, there's so many more examples that we can talk about. But one thing I want to just mention is that we have a default, right? So if you have a computer, depending on, you know, what, what, what system you're in, there are a lot of default settings. And we also have default settings. So what you will see is that when you're in a crunch, you go to your default setting, cursing her out because she shouldn't have said that in the first place. We go to our default setting, going off on our spouse. Those are your default settings. To change those, it takes constant renewing the mind, renewing the mind, renewing the mind, renewing the mind, reading the Bible, going to church, being in a small group, renewing your mind, renewing your mind, constant renewal of the, of the mind. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you want to change the default, change what you're seeing on a daily basis, then it's going to take a little bit more effort. As Christians, 
we should be students of the Bible. Do you consider yourself a student of the Bible? If you're a doctor, you're going to know all the different, the medical, you're going to read the medical journals. You're going to make sure you know the, the latest medicine to treat that symptom, treat that symptom. If you're a teacher, you're going to, if you're a teacher, they make you go to all these different, you know, conferences and different things so you can learn new and inventive ways to reach children of 2021, right? But if you're a Christian, you can just be that, right? No extra work required. No extra work required. We've got to be students of the Bible. We have got to be students of the Bible. Let's go ahead and go down to cyber attacks and malicious threats. That was the second one. Cyber attacks and malicious, malicious threats. Of course, you know, our attacks are not normally cyber attacks, although, like I said, I did get hacked on Facebook. So if you got a friend request from me, don't take it. That was not me. Uh, I had somebody from the church was like, hey, did you just start a new Facebook account? And I was like, no, was I supposed to? Was that on my list? Like, <laughs> I thought it was something I was supposed to. He was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that's not me. But we have an enemy as well, right? John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the only reason, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Of course, we know that Jesus has come that we might have life and that we may have it to the full. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about the enemy, but I do need everybody to understand that we do have an enemy. We were what the TV was on last night, and there was a commercial that came on. There's some movie coming out. I, I don't even added something about the devil. But in the, in, the, in the video clip that they showed, it says, we've been spending years talking to you about, in, you know, in God's name, you know, you, you, you know, when you're in court, what do they say? Put your hand on the Bible, you know. We, so we've acknowledged uh, Jesus in the court for years, or God in the court for years, is what the, what the clip was saying. He said, I think it's about time we recognize that there's a devil. Sometimes people don't really believe there's a devil, but we do have an enemy. We do have an enemy. In Luke twenty-two thirty-one, it says, and this is, I love this scripture. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to swift you as, as, to sift you as wheat. Be alert and of sober mind. I'm oh, sorry, that's a different scripture, and it finishes. I need to finish that. So I, I, don't, I can't quote it, and it's not up there, but it says, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But it basically said, be encouraged because I prayed for you. I pray for you, Simon, that not only will you get through this situation, but you will also take your brethren and help them as well. And I love this scripture. I know when my oldest daughter, when she used to go to school, I used to put it in her notebook. She would see it. Satan has a desire to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying for you. I just want her to know, hey, you got an enemy out there, but your mother is praying for you. We have an enemy, and of course, we know Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for us, but we do have one. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So remember, we're talking about software updates, right? We're talking about renewing our mind. And in this case, we're talking about so that when we have those attacks, because they are coming both to us and to the people in the world, we're all getting the attacks. But for us, if we're renewing our minds, we're standing in the word of God, we're building our faith, then for us, 
this is helping us to get out of these attacks, to overcome these situations, whatever they may be. Jude chapter 1, verse 18 says, They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are people who divide you, who follow men's natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But we do have the spirit, right? So for us, this should not apply to us if we do have the spirit. So we should not be following our natural instincts. I can almost assure you, if you're doing what's natural, it's wrong. Because for the most part, our natural instincts, unless you have really, really, really renewed your mind on that situation where you have changed your default, if you're doing what's natural, it's probably not the right thing to do. Let's look at drive-by downloads. We talked about the drive-by download was when you visit a malicious site that's enough to infect your computer without even clicking on it. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we do understand, like I said earlier, we have all sinned. There's none of us who have not sinned. Romans, Romans 7.15 through 26 and this is quite a few passages of scripture, but it was good, so I wanted to read it. So listen up, y'all ready? I do not understand what I do. Any of you ever said that? I don't know why I did that. How many times have I said that? Man, why did I do that? Why did I go off on that girl just because she got to be in that class? For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate is what I'm doing. So it, there's, a, there's, a tug, there's, a, there's a struggle between your spirit man and your natural man, right? There's always, I want to do this, but I'm doing this. But we've got to make sure that our spirit man is so built up that the spirit man wins every time. Now, we're going to miss it sometimes, but it should be the majority of the time, right? And if I do what I want to do, I agree the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. Remember, we're all born into sin. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not, sorry, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is what I keep doing. Most of us have been in this situation, like we said, and I don't think I even really need to go on with that, but there's a struggle. And the only way that the spirit man is going to win is if the spirit man is being fed the most. So when you yield to that fleshly desire, whatever it is, when you yield to that fleshly desire, you're feeding that part of you. It's like, yeah, because like before you guys say, I told her, shoot, she don't be messing with me. That's the old man. So when I fall back to that, that's what I'm feeding. That's what's growing stronger. We got to keep him down. All of us have to keep him down. This is not just one of us. Every single one of us has to keep that down. So let's talk about some tips on renewing your mind. I'm going to read Romans chapter 12, verse 2 again. 
this was our first scripture. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this is telling who to do this. It's telling us. This is not something, I mean, you can come and you can get prayer of agreement on it. But at the end of the day, Pastor Gregory can't keep you out of sexual sin. Pastor Trish can't keep you from holding that tongue. This is something that you have to do, that I have to do, that we have to do. This is something that we have to take personal ownership of, renewing our mind, not just getting in the word, not just coming to church, which is good. That's very important. That is a way to renew your mind, but applying the word. Application is very important. You can't just hear things. You've got to do things or not do things, depending on what it is. All right. It's also continuous. This is a continuous thing. I said it earlier, but it's ongoing. We never arrive. We get closer and closer to the mark, but we have to understand this is an ongoing thing. And we're in this for the long haul. How many of you are in this for the long haul? I, know, I, will, I will not go back to a life of sin. That doesn't mean I won't make a mistake, but I will not go back to a life of that. So I am constantly trying or should be trying to, to, meet, to meet that mark, right? When we see things in our life, so this is, another, this is another tip about renewing your mind. When you see things in your life that don't line up with the world, this is one of the times when we're going to make sure we're renewing our mind. So we're going to be very specific, very specific depending on what it, what it is. Um, Mark seven twenty says, he went on, what comes out of a person it's what defiles him. It's what comes out of him, what's on the inside, what you did or did not download, right? For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. The list goes on and on. All of these evils come from inside and defile a person. So these things come from inside. They're not coming from external situations, right? Because an external situation can't affect me if I have something different on the inside, right? So just because an attractive woman walks by or maybe even gives me her number and I'm married doesn't mean I have to act on that, right? So it can't come from her. She can't do it. It's what's on the inside of me that would cause me to get into a situation that I don't need to be in. So when we see things in our own lives, and remember, they're all different. We all have our different things that we struggle with. But when we see those, that is when we want to make sure we renew our mind about those things specifically, right? And also, so that was when we see things in our lives that don't line up with the word, that's one time we want to renew our minds. But also, when we think we're doing everything right, we definitely need to get in the Word, right? We have not made it. So if you're thinking, oh, this does not apply to me, I'm good, I don't have anything I need to work on, then you need to get in the Word, right? Luke 18, 10 through 14 says, Two men went up to the temple to pray. On one, 
a fair, uh, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I can't even say I do that. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. So he says he fasts and he, he tithes, and we already see that he's praying. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So we have to understand we haven't arrived. I mean, we've come a long way, I hope, but we haven't arrived. And we still have to humble ourselves to the word of God in every situation. So that means reading the word, getting into it, finding out, Lord, God is going to speak to you anyway. If, you're, if you will listen at all, at all, he's going to tell you what you need to work on. We just have to be open. We have to find the space and the time for him to speak to us. But God is going to speak to you. The, uh, the last one I just want to touch on really quickly when anyone says you're not good enough, then you need to renew your mind because that's not what the word says about you. First Peter 2, 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And if anything, anybody says anything different, they are a liar from the pit of hell. Well, they may not be from hell, but <laughs> you are a chosen generation. So I just wanted to make sure that I put that in there because some of us have heard things that are different and may still hear things that are different. You may, you may have heard that you're going to be just like your no good daddy. And that might affect you as a parent but God said you're like him you're created in his image you might have been told if you weren't a pretty face if you didn't have that pretty face you would be worth nothing that is a lie you were chosen by God so on that note if you are a Christian one of the most important things you can do is to renew your mind with the word of God. But maybe you haven't gotten to that, that point yet. Maybe you haven't even accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you stepped away from him and you want to say, okay, well, I want these things. I want to renew my mind. I have the desire to be like Christ. But I need to make that first step even before I can go on to renew my mind. And that first step is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So I want to talk to everybody that's in the room and everybody that's watching online. If you're not walking in right fellowship with him right now, don't put it off. Don't put it off like I put off that software update. This is too important. It's too important for you to do that. God has a purpose and a plan for you, but it starts 
with you receiving his son Jesus that's the only way to receive his son Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior maybe you were like me and you accepted Jesus at an early age and then at some point you know you start doing your own thing and you just kind of went away from what you were taught or what you knew to be right well if you're listening if you can hear me it's not too late to make that change but don't put it off today is the day today is the day of salvation there's some of you that might be in the room that have been coming or listening online you've been hearing our wonderful pastors and you said you know what I've been putting that off but I really want to be connected to, to this group of believers I want to be a part of linked up church and so maybe you want to receive membership today so right now if you guys would close your eyes and bow your heads I just want to give anybody in the opportunity anybody in the room or online an opportunity to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior to get saved or anybody the opportunity to return to him you see he never left you you left him but he's standing with his arms wide open waiting for you to return and maybe, like I said, maybe you want to make Linked Up Church your church. If you're in the room and you, in any of those three things speak to you, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand if you want to get saved, want to get rededicated, want to make Linked Up Church your home. If you can just raise your hand. I see a couple of hands over there. God loves you. You are so important to him. The only reason any of us are here is for you. So that you can come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior and experience the God kind of life that he has for you. If you're online, there should be instructions on the screen for you to use. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can just text, get connected to the number on the screen. If you want to get rededicated or if you want to make linked up church, yes, your church home. So if you answered the altar call for any of those three, I'm just going to ask if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come on down. We're just going to take a few minutes of your time to just make sure we know why you raised your hand and make sure we address that with you to show you what the Word of God says about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're still out there, if you're still out there, it's not too late to come down. If it's not too, it's not too late, come on down. God loves you. We love you. And we're happy that you're here. We will be glad to wait on you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have one more coming. Thank you, Lord. 
I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation with everybody just to make sure we're all in right standing with him. And then I'm going to, as soon as I'm done, we're just going to go out just for a moment. And they're just going to give you a little bit more information about why you came down specifically. So if you can just raise your hand and repeat after me. Dear God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross just for me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin and I turn away from it. And I thank you that I am now born again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, congratulations. This is the best decision you could have ever made, and we are super excited for you. I would shake your hand, but I know I can't really do that right now, so I'm sending you my love, everybody. And you guys can follow this young lady out, and she will give you more information about why you came. Praise God. Come on, let's give God all the glory today. That was dynamic. That was excellent. Of course, we give God the glory. Bobby, you know, God has to use people. And today, he used Minister Carol in a mighty way. Can we just encourage her today? That was excellent, right? I would challenge you all not to waste what you heard today. But really go home and apply that. Go home and study that over again. How many of y'all going to commit to downloading that software or, or, or downloading, uploading, what is it, down, what was the title of that? Downloading, software update. How many of y'all going to update your software? How many of y'all will commit to that? All right. She gave some wonderful tips. So start today. Don't put it off to tomorrow. How many of you say, if you say I'll start tomorrow, you'll never get to it. But start today while your faith is high and you're ready to act on that word. You know, people.